What's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. Hey, crack open a bottle of wine, get those candles going, because it's date night. Steve DeNovi and I talk about things that happen in powerlifting within the past week or two, and that's what we enjoy doing. That's our date night, us talking about powerlifting. So we, of course, talk about the proposed IPF bench rule um, another episode dealing with bench arches. That makes three, probably three more than we wanted to talk about, but, uh, we had to talk about it. We give our takes on that. Uh, we also talk about ESPN. I had the privilege and the honor of being on ESPN this past week. Uh, thanks A1 Digital and Baddest Bench on the Planet. We talk a little bit about that and a good conversation about ideas moving forward to sport and how to expand it. The USAPL had their Arnold announcements dealing with payouts, the expansion of the final roster, exciting stuff there, and the USAPL's new and improved social media presence looking fantastic, looking sleek, and getting a lot more interaction, positive interaction, minus the bomb outs. And Power Fest is going to be taking place in San Jose, California. We don't do a breakdown or anything, just talk about two white lights being there and some fun, exciting developments and potential giveaways there so you make sure you want to listen to that and make sure you're subscribing to two white lights support us by leaving a five-star rating leave a review as well i saw one person put as a review steve is better than angelo hell if it's five stars i'll even accept lies so make sure you are leaving a five-star rating leave a review subscribe on spotify as well leave a five-star rating there subscribe to us on our website twowhitelights.com and without further ado here it is two white Lights. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Yeah, baby, I like it raw. Oh, baby, I like it raw. Yeah, baby, I like it raw. Shimmy, shimmy, y'all, shimmy, yeah, shimmy, yeah. Give me the mic so I can take her away. Off on the natural charge, bone for yards. Yeah, from the home of the Dodger Brooklyn squad. As promised, I am here with Steve DeNovi, and ladies and gentlemen, it is date night. Oh, yeah. Crack open the wine, Steve. We got ourselves a date night. I'm looking forward to this. We haven't had a date night in such a long time. Yes, sir. And we've got we've got some fun stuff to rant about as well as just some cool news. We don't want to be all negative. We got some positive stuff here. Yeah. Well, we kind of do. We got some positives thrown in there, but um, I mean, starting. We'll find a way to make it negative. Well, I mean, God damn it, we've had I think two episodes on bench arches. I really, I think I said during one of the episodes, I never want to talk about this again. And here we are, probably. I don't either. Have to talk about it again, kinda. Um, I did like some of the like preemptive takes of being like, hey guys, nothing's announced, be mature, don't overreact, don't have knee-jerk reactions. I'm like, shut up. Let us have knee-jerk reactions. There's nothing to talk about in this goddamn sport anyways. Let me lose my mind about a potential bench arc rule. Let me do it, please. One, agreed. <laughs> Two, this one's pretty official. Like, yeah. we're going to have to see. I'm going to discuss potential things that could happen. But, like, I've got powerlifting Reddit pulled up, the same guy who made the post put on here. Like, this is – he said he directly talked to Gaston mm-hmm. at Bench Worlds, And this is, like, directly from him that he's in favor of a completely flat back. We have the General Assembly notes that stated that they wanted to wait until after World Games to make any major changes, but they were going to address this. Um and they've even talked enough to an extent that if it affects records too much, they're going to change the records. Why would you make that statement if like this? And this isn't something as well. I think they announced this stuff too. Like some of this stuff was directly towards this singular person, but some of this was announced in front of everyone, uh, including I'll read it. If they find the rule change impacts overall list, then the records may also be addressed and new standards allowed to be set. This is something they intend to monitor after the rule change is implemented. Um, I think that the uproar, though, is about Gaston saying flat back, which I don't believe will happen. But as you said, and many meme pages have said, the fact that he even recommended that or or stated that uh, shows 
the fact that I don't know if he's ever been into a gym. It would help. It would help if he knew how to lift weights because that is just, that no one could bench with a flat back without hurting both their fucking shoulders. It's it it that like him as flat as possible. Like, oh, you're you you don't know what the hell you're talking about when it comes to lifting weights. I understand he has a what's it, what's his he's an accountant right or some shit. He has. I have no idea his background. I think he has a business. He has a business sense or something. It's like, okay, like you have that. And then, you know, the IPF does things that are good for the sport. And I think they've made good business moves, but it would help if you uh, competed in powerlifting and realized that benching with a flat back would uh, not even put on any muscle. Like you see the guys at the NFL combine, there's a little bit of an arch there to just kind of set themselves in. So yeah. Um, uh, that was my main concern is we're getting rule changes from a guy who's listening to Instagram comments as opposed to understanding weightlifting. Now I get the rule change. We said it about the can. We said it when Candido dropped the video, um, the Noriega kind of, uh, endorsed the video. I understand it. It makes that logic makes sense to me. I still disagree with it. But if we are making rules because Instagram comments are saying that bench presses look stupid and not legitimate, then I I don't think a rule change is in place. You're really succumbing to the guys who leave derogatory comments on female bench press posts, and you're having them like dictate your rules in powerlifting. That's kind of what I'm what I'm getting a feel of right now. Which, which those guys, even if powerlifting was mainstream, those are the people that aren't going to watch it anyways. Like this has, which again, I don't even think this is a mainstream thing. This has, I, I don't know if the Olympic committee has hinted this or that Gaston thinks that this would help get into the Olympics, but it has to be something Olympics based because that every decision they yeah. make is Olympic based, but I don't know how this would benefit necessarily. Yeah, that's, so the argument that I've heard the most of because there's two arguments that I there's two arguments that I hear. One I don't mind. It's an actual force of strength, minimizing range of motion on your bench press. I get that. That is uh, that will help carry over into other sports. I perfectly agree with that. The other one is well, it's going to help powerlifting go mainstream. The reason why powerlifting is a mainstream is not because of bench press arches. I can't reiterate that enough. That is that is such a shitty argument to me. That's an argument I immediately shut my body down. It's like, well, it'll help people get into the sport. No one has looked at powerlifting and been like, man, that's like a really awesome sport. It looks really fun to do. But fucking Sean Noriega and his shitty-ass bench arch. I'm never doing that sport in my life. That's, never, that's not happened. So... I just thought of this analogy and you can tell me if this is a stupid one or not, but like you, you kind of mentioned it, like bench press is a, is, is a feat of strength. Mm. And when we think of like football players and a lot of athletes and how they perform the bench press, we wouldn't recommend that they bench press the same way powerlifters do. Do football players also not do power cleans instead of full cleans because it's not necessarily beneficial for them to do full cleans, but in a weightlifting meet, you do a full clean so that you can lift more weight. Yeah. Yeah, it, they is, yeah. is that is they change. Is that a, I mean, I, I don't think that's a perfect analogy, but it's similar. Like, there's application of these movements in sports that are not the same as in the sport of weightlifting or powerlifting. Yeah, I mean, I get what you're saying on that. I, it just I understand the notion that you want everything to be a feat of strength in powerlifting. Um, but then you can go to the argument of sumo pulls and wide stance squats and trying to diminish or minimize the range of motion on squats and deadlift, then, you know, I, I would think the same logic has to apply, right? I mean, fucking Ina's deadlift, Ina deadlifts a little bit past the knees, barely. I think he's like almost at his knee on his deadlift. You're going to start telling him to frog stance his sumo so he can d- increase his range of motion because not fair to everyone else. I feel like the same logic applies. Some people are gifted with certain oh, 100%. Purposes, and... I, I know it's like a thin entering wedge potential logical fallacy there, but I do see some of the like the issues of changing a rule on bench press and also just the enforcement of the rule. I've had a lot of people be like, well, you judge squat depth, right? Why can't you judge bench depth? Like, well, you don't have to look at someone's ass leaving a bench during a squat. All you really have to look at is 
up and down motion and if they're getting depth. On bench press, you have to look at their feet, their ass, and now you got to look at their depth. That's going to be hard. I know the ring one is a big, like, if you put, if you're a certain weight class, you put your uh, fingers on the certain part of the ring or whatever, or um, one of your fingers on a part of the ring. And again, that's going to be really hard to look at and probably slow down meets. Very hard to that, decide middle and ring finger, right? If your hand is covering, it would be about darn, it's actually about darn near impossible to see it. I mean, honestly, it's hard to even tell if people are cheating the system in the sense of the Japanese grip and that max grip. It's hard to even tell if their index fingers on the neural marker. I mean, I, I do agree with Sean and Johnny and the, the, the general, like, if we want to have any effect that is notable yet, I think fair, it would be changing grip. But I think it has to be, it can't just be per weight class because it was, then it goes back to deadlift. The I, bar is the same width on deadlift. So therefore lighter weight class is get to have a wider stance. I, I think the only rule change that I viably could get behind is if they literally change where the neuromarker marker was, but then guess what? There's a lot of people who are going to get punished by that because there's a lot, it, people have differing arm lengths, mm -hmm. like changing the neural marker changes. Every, I, I don't think you can do it per weight class. You just got to do it set in standard that it slightly comes in. But then you have an issue that, bar manufacturers got to change where the neural marker there's so it's it's not feasible it's not it's not a feasible change i would go i would go everyone has to go pinky on the ring if we want to make it through like that's when i started weightlifting that was the rule it's like oh that's there because my pinky goes on that right everyone has to do that now make it the standard that would be the only logical thing in my mind is to make it a standard where pinkies have to touch the ring for everyone I can see that. I don't like it because no, I, I, I don't think that takes into the, the <laughs> anthropomic differences in everyone, just like we have on squat and sumo and conventional where everyone can adjust their leverages. But I agree. Like, you can't do ring or middle. It's just pinky or nothing. Yeah, pinky. Because you can actually judge it. Yeah, well, we, right now we have index. Then you go to pinky. So, like, that would be the, the alternative. Also, I think I've heard things. I, it was in the past. I think it was in 2018 where – they were going to min uh, eliminate people putting their feet up on the bench prior to them setting up. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to minimize the bench arch. Ask Sean Noriega. That does nothing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, that does nothing. Yeah, I seen most, actually, in, in all honesty, I think a lot of people are like, you should never put your feet up on the bench because it actually hurts a lot of people's arches. Sliding yeah, into I'm not it. a fan of it because you, yes. you have to reset it anyway. You used to do that. I still do it. And, and that I, was something that was just... Okay. I, I still do it because I tried to set it up the other way and we weren't like we weren't practice enough to it. So I'm like, I got to go back to what I know. But yeah, we were trying to get out of putting the to our, my feet on the bench for a really long time. And I feel it. I feel how it could help an arch me not setting my uh, feet on the bench prior to me getting or sliding onto my upper traps. So I, I think it's a lot of uh, effort for something that doesn't really benefit a whole ton of people and it's going to potentially be a clusterfuck if it's enforced. And I would like to avoid clusterfucks in powerlifting. Yeah. And I'm going to get to that. I'm going to run down all the potential changes real quick that I've, I've heard of or know of and stuff like that. There's obviously the grip width. There's Gaston saying flat back, which... It's not going to happen, but the fact that he's even favoring that tells us that like he wants something extreme, not something just a very minute change. Um, I've heard of people not being able to lift their butt up to set up, which could help a little bit. But honestly, that affects everyone, not just people with high arches. Yeah. Like if, if, if great job, now you've just uh, you just made bench harder for every single person to set up. Um, I've heard no liftoffs, which I wouldn't be completely against, but that doesn't solve it. Nope. That doesn't solve anything. Um, I've heard can't put the feet on the bench. That doesn't solve anything. Um, uh, what were some other ones I heard about? Uh, I think that's about it. Yeah, I don't know. I, it, none of it's really going to help. And like you said, it's just going to be a cluster. I mean, we're, we're already, we've heard it from multiple people and there's people posting on the USAPL page. There's people from Canada that are like <laughs> threatening to start coming to USAPL um, very seriously if they were to drastically change the bench rules because like, yeah. that's big. That That's completely changing a lift, which I don't want to get too far down the rabbit hole because again, we had two episodes on it, but I posted on my story again. Three of 16 world champions this year in open raw had really extreme arches three 
Yeah. That, it's not, that does not tell me it's some serious advantage. Well, that's why I think they're making a rule change based on Instagram comments. And apparently Gasson really does read them. I mean, I guess not all of them. Uh, maybe. maybe just the women's ones. Is he just is he just checking out the women's pages? <laughs> Potentially. <laughs> there's a there's a there's an offer. There's a chance there. Maybe some burner accounts uh, going in the comment section as well. But I it's it. I would hate a rule change because of Instagram comments and social media comments and just those feedback on things looking weird. Like I would just dislike that. But I mean, if they're going to change the bench rule across federations, I'm just going to get breast implants and diminish my range of motion that way. They can't enforce that. Right. If I get some, if I, if I increase to a a solid D cup, you're, you're joking yet. Oh, the hypocrisy. No. Well, in the fact I'm that, that it would still be legal. to an extent because I would like oh, to increase my bench. Yeah, I mean, by any means necessary. If we got a 400 bench, we could possibly win a national championship here. So, might have a so new, it, new set on me. If it, I mean, I have zero issue if anyone wants breast implants. They can do there anything they want. I don't really care. But the hypocrisy of the fact that they would make a rule that would disallow people from using their own genetic spine capabilities but then allow augmentation of the body, which there are people. I, I, coached, the, I coached a female who got breast augmentation. Um, there is downsides because of how it does, ch- does change the leverage of the pec, but she had the 15 pounds of her bench press. It, yeah. it notably cut her range of motion. Yeah, I, I mean, again, we're talking about the bench arch. I, it looks like the rules, a rule change is going to happen. I wouldn't mind a rule change as long as there's enough logic behind it. If there's enough logic behind it and it doesn't end in a clusterfuck, sure, I'm okay with it. I do agree that bench arches look stupid. Zero range of motion bench arches look stupid. I will agree with you on that. But I won't agree that it's taking away from the mainstream push in powerlifting because not everyone does it. And I think strongly that it's going to be very hard to enforce any rule that they come up with. But they can find a logical way not completely messing up people's benches. I'll be cool with it. I'll keep my head. But if it's, you know, if it's if it's a, a flat back kind of thing, uh, a person, this is, uh, this is kind of the argument I get into sometimes where, you know, I understand the commissioners of other sports. They don't play. So Bug Sealy didn't play baseball. You know, uh, Goodell didn't play football, doesn't play football, but they understand like football to an extent. <laughs> I would really like like Gaston not understanding a flat back bench and the problems of that. Like you got to pick up a weight, dude. You don't have to compete or anything. You don't have to do that. You got to pick up a weight and like understand weightlifting to an extent to understand that that's not feasible. Yeah. And something too, I mean, this is this is a bias, but it's very true. Uh, there's a significant advantage based off of bench height compared to someone's height. Mm-hmm. Yet we can't change the height of the bench. The bench is usually about 17 to 17 and a half inches high. If you are six foot three, that bench is significantly lower to the floor proportionately than a five foot one, 52 kilo female. Mm-hmm. And that like for me, I'm not a big bencher, but I add about 7% to my bench by adding an inch and a half to two inches to the bench height. Hmm. Yeah, that is a, that is a really good point. I think I do too. Um, it, yeah. And I, something you could do, you this this could be, I didn't think about this, this could be a possible change because this is one of the reasons why Sean does what he does. If you lowered the bench height even more, it would make it harder to arch. Yeah, it would. My ass leaves it the bench quite a bit. Incredibly hard to arch. Yeah, my I think state of is state of the arc lower to the floor. Yes, it is. Yeah, because I felt at surge there's a state of the arc and like my, <laughs> it was, it when I benched a certain way it was easier when I benched the other way it was harder to bench on it because my ass would leave the bench a little bit more. So, and then with all this talk about bench archers and mainstream, ESPN baddest bencher on the planet which was multiply equip bench pressing. So <laughs> if you watch it, they had to, uh, for multiply benching, the spotters and loaders have to push the people's arms into well, place. That wasn't even multiply though. That was super, what's it called, isn't it? 
I forget what it's called because they not only have the bench shirts, they that's like the I forget what it's called. Let me look it up. They got the maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe it is multiply, but there's a name <laughs> for this new division, and I thought that's what these people were doing. Uh, well, it's funny because I commentated the damn thing, and I was calling it multiply the entire time, and uh, I have no idea what you're talking about as far as a new division for bench press. That, it made sense because they were making they were, to... it felt it looked like they were wearing like six slingshots. Well, that's my point. I think it's called Unlimited. Oh. Trying to look up the name. Well, bad journalism to the highest degree, right? Yeah, it's called Unlimited. Okay. Yeah, that wasn't even multiply. That's called Unlimited. Whoopsie daisy. All right. It's a step (laughs) after multiply. Oops, triple play. And that got on ESPN. Yeah. And, yeah, that's, that's actually, I think, the height of bad journalism. I was commentating it. It got on a major network, and I didn't know uh, what division it was in powerlifting. And it was division I had no idea existed until you just broke that to me. So breaking news, there's something called Unlimited. And, yeah, that was on ESPN. And I don't know, like, the – I actually think ESPN and the crowd that – that uh, because it was on ESPN eight, the Ocho, which by the way, it was an honor being on ESPN, but it was more of an honor being on the Ocho. I mean, one, the movie Dodgeball, I think, created that network, and to be somehow like, associated with that for a second is somehow more prestigious than being on ESPN. Um, but like. The Ocho and ESPN2, they always kind of do those freak show kind of things. And I think that mainstream push, they they do kind of align to the freak show where if you actually might see a zero range of motion bench, people might look at that and be like, whoa, that's kind of crazy. Like, what the fuck am I looking at right now? It'll get memed to oblivion like it already does, but still, I think it'll, I don't think it'll hurt or help, I, I don't think it'll hurt powerlifting. No, I mean, it, kipping pull-ups were mean to death in CrossFit until people understood no one was saying they were pull-ups, like in the sense of like what we think of as like pure pull-up strength. It was part of the sport. I don't think anyone, Sean Noriega and all these high archers aren't arguing that this is like the pure test of bench press strength. It's mm-hmm. the sport of powerlifting. It's it's different. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it. so. But but yeah, I mean, I'll give you the credit. We got to see your beautiful mug on network television. I got to and- be on TV. My face got to be on TV while uh, the ticker at the bottom was informing people on Kevin Durant's situation with the Brooklyn Nets. That to me was a fucking dream. When I saw the ES- the legendary ESPN ticker at the bottom while I was interviewing Jimmy Kolb, I'm like, this is pretty sweet. Done in this room, this apartment that I do every two white lights episode on was on ESPN. It was uh, kind of surreal, and I felt the full effect of ESPN. By the way, I got to thank Anna and A1 Digital for you know doing that and. I was kind of iffy. I'm not going to lie. I'll be completely honest with you guys. I was kind of iffy with the product because people know that I'm a raw power lifter. I have my bias towards USAPL, IPF. Uh, I mean, even raw power lifting with other federations. So I was like, okay, like, I wonder how this is going to go. I felt the full effect of ESPN because people were messaging me and people were tagging me that it was on in their local sports bar. And they were playing it on a time where actually people could view it. And I'm like, oh, I sh- I was surprised and I should not be surprised. And this is why powerlifting should strive to be on ESPN. Powerlifting has had mainstream success in ways. It's been on CBS Sports, um, the Olympic Channel. Um, yeah, the Olympic Channel. Eurosport. Has, yeah, Eurosport. Uh, it's, it's been on ESPN before with multi-fight powerlifting. So it, it's been there before, but again, getting this push again to get it on ESPN more frequently is important because ESPN is worldwide leader in sports and ESPN is played on a loop at sports bars. 
they'll put network television on when a big sports game is on. So at Fox NFL Sunday, that will be on. And then right after Fox NFL Sunday, they'll go to CBS Sports or they'll go to ABC. But when that stuff is done, they always go back to ESPN and it's played on a loop all day. Every single TV at Buffalo Wild Wings, and there's like 17 of them, are playing ESPN. And you do get those fringe sports on at a certain time. And sports fans are fanatical. They'll be sitting there hanging out with their buddies, drinking beer, and they'll see some guy bench at 1,100 pounds and be like, oh, what the fuck am I watching here? This is crazy. And if we can start getting that a little bit more on ESPN, I believe it's you, you have to pay to be on ESPN. But if you get a better product, if you get raw powerlifting on, if you get something that's a little bit more inviting to people, then network TVs can pick up that contract and then they can decide this is worth the investment of millions of dollars to have powerlifting on NBC, CBS, or ABC or something like that. I agree and I disagree. I don't – being on ESPN is good, but we've done it, and it really hasn't led anywhere. Mm. And we're actually seeing a bit of a shift in sports. We're seeing a shift in how people consume media altogether, but we're even seeing it in sports. And a perfect example is Formula One. Um, I've watched Formula One for years. It's exploding right now. Do you have any? Do you have any background knowledge on why it's exploding? Have you heard about this at all? Um, is it the Netflix series? Yes. Okay. Good guess. So, I honestly think cool to be on ESPN. I agree. The ultimate goal right now would be getting on Netflix. That is mm. that is kind of the premier thing. I honestly would argue that's one of the reasons CrossFit blew up is because yeah. I my, my wife wouldn't watch the CrossFit games. She'd watch the Fittest on Earth documentary with me every single year though. Um Formula 1 was dying. Manufacturers were hopping out left and right because it was known to be completely unprofitable to be a Formula 1 team. Drive to Survive got put on Formula or got put on Netflix. You get a more personal connection with a lot of these 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 drivers and these teams and whatnot. And now formula one, everyone's trying to get a piece of the pie. Porsche is coming back. Audi's coming back. It's, it's, it's blowing up. We see the same thing with Strongman. Strongman was always popular. Strongman has been on TV forever. Mm. Strongman blew up when Hathor Bjornsson was on game of Thrones. And when we started seeing multiple documentaries on Netflix, and I believe prime when it came to Eddie hall and some other Strongman and half and whatnot, Right now, kind of one of the biggest drivers of of niche sports is Netflix. That's kind of what's really driving popularity of niche sports. That's and good the good news is I can't say much. I know of I know of a possibility of 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 some developments of trying to do that. Ooh, I don't even know that possibility. So you got some inside information that I don't. But I would agree with you. Um, so you would have a little bit more information on this than me because it seems like you watch these. Formula One, from my understanding, listening to part of my take, they've kind of talked about it. It's because the drivers and the people involved in the manufacturing companies, they have a certain personality. There's a certain drama in Formula One. Is that right? Am I on the correct? Uh, I mean, it's the same drama that has every sport, but Formula One wasn't covered like that. I mean, we see that, like, I mean, it's the same reason. I mean, NFL, we see that all the time. It's why people watch, people watch hard knocks. Formula One just didn't have – when you watch a race, you don't get as much of the personality. Yeah. So having That's... Drive to Survive really allowed you to feel like you could be within the teams. So that's what – yeah, that's kind of my point. I remember just listening to an episode of Part of My Take, and Big Cat was like, yeah, you know, you watch – the Netflix thing, you see the personalities, you see the pettiness. That's what they call it. It's like the, it's like the NBA, like a little bit amped up a little bit as far as pettiness goes with the drivers. And it's like, you get that. And then you watch the race and it's just really cars going around in circles. It's like, that's more of the letdown as opposed to the actual Netflix. He's like, I enjoy the Netflix series way more than the end product, which is cars is driving. Correct, but it has led to a lot of people watching it. Yeah, like I think oh, yeah, Formula I'm not, One's I'm not. exhilarating. It's, it's honestly Formula One's my favorite sport to watch. Not everyone's going to agree with that. 
Just like I like watching yeah, I golf. Can't. Yeah, a I lot can't. or a lot of people don't like watching golf. I can't. Those a are lot two, of people. Those don't. are the two of the things I really can't watch is racing. And but golf. Drive to Survive made Formula One entertaining to a lot of people who thought it was boring mm-hmm. because now they understood what was going on. Yeah, when I was yeah when I was a kid, Formula One, you would know like Michael Schumacher, the Ferrari, and like a few names you'd hear on Sports Center, and really it was a very small population of people would talk about it even casually. Now I see like, I see, I see way more people posting about formula one. I'm just kind of associating it with if it's the charismatic people involved in it and associating the powerlifting, because I'm like, do we have that product in powerlifting that a mainstream audience would like? I would say yes, because I look at, things that Russ are doing. And I think every teenage kid would want to be something like a Russ or he, or I, I mean, even Wheeze too. I mean, hell like Nor- Nori has a fantastic fan base as well. And a lot of people really would follow uh, their YouTubes, what they have to date, what their personal lives are. And that, that turned really big as a personal life thing uh, on YouTube. So I could see how powerlifting could kind of take that, use it on Netflix and Yeah. Um, actually get a product. Yeah, I don't know how you do it, but that I'm just I'm stating the fact that I think the ask, the ultimate goal is Netflix. Let's ask the that that would be way bigger or Netflix or something. And it can't be like the West Side versus the World was kind of cool, but it was a paid thing on on Amazon. Like you couldn't just view it; you had to pay for it. Um, well, I was gonna right now the peak the peak is Netflix. Like that is the peak of niche sports and niche hobbies or anything is getting on Netflix in some way and, and streaming and going viral on that. Yeah. I was going to say, if we want to get on Netflix, let's ask the West side first world guy um, because he was on Netflix and he wants to make sure everyone knows that he was on Netflix. Um, yeah, I, I miss that. For sure. We've, I, I, I fell out of touch with that guy. Got into a really That's big debate. Yeah. That was actually one and done. That one peaked. You know, it hasn't peaked yet. Leflar Bros. Ladies and gentlemen, go to leflarbros.com and get the best powerlifting merchandise in the sports. They'll make you look good from head to toe. I'm wearing their tank top right now. This is a fantastic tank top. I My my non-augmented breasts are looking fantastic in it. Uh, my traps are looking good. I'm looking at myself in this webcam right now. I know Steve is sweating. It is date night. And it's tank top weather in... All of Houston and all of the South up until like November. So make sure you guys get that. Also, they make you look good with the dad hats, joggers, socks. They make you look good for the toe. The best t-shirts too. The designs they come up with are fantastic. They're dope. They're new. And they're going to come up with one soon. Make sure you use that promo code 2WL15, ORC15. And you know what? Buy the dip still, even though she's not here with us on this episode. Solana15. Use that code. Use all three codes and save yourself some money on Left Love Bros. Make sure you're following on Instagram. And big shout out to Adele Code Jesus or Thick Jesus, our newest addition to the Left Love Bros family. They're growing. The Left Love Bros has a lot of bros right now and sisters. We got to change. Yes, yes they do. <laughs> got to change the name. Left Love family. People often ask who's the other Left Love Bros. Yes. Without with, is that is that a se- we know is yeah, that we a know. secret? I don't know. We can't discuss we, yeah, who the other left Lar bros are. Yeah, we should we should uh yeah we're that's uh that's a secret in powerlifting I guess because it was like what who are the left Lar bros? I'm like I thought it was somewhat obvious, but I'm gonna we've like, met the left Lar bros. Yes, I have. They're they're bros, all right. Yeah, some of the biggest bros I've ever seen. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's that's gonna be a scavenger hunt. Who are the left left bros? <laughs> All right. So we got some developments with the Arnold as well. Yes. Good looking arguments because those graphics are looking great right now on the USAPL. Page. Yeah, they are. Well, we'll talk about that a little bit too. But yeah, the uh, very nicely they announced the Arnold stuff not two weeks before the meet. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> we have information which. One, we know of the payouts. Um, 
which are me and you knew about that a couple like a month ago because we we were on that pro call but that wasn't official but these are the same numbers that we got to see on that call um first is twelve thousand, second is seventy five hundred, third is thirty five hundred, fourth is two thousand, fifth is a thousand it's good i mean i i really i think that's very solid i know that supposedly usapl was going conservative this year i think that is a solid payout i mean is it life-changing no the fact of the matter is though is like i think it's I mean, this is the possibility. If Ashton was to win the Virginia Pro and then won the Pro Series finale, I think he can almost finish close to $40,000 for the year or mm -hmm. something like that. Wait, I think just, he can actually get... It's it's way more money. Am I right? I I, I think he's got 16000 right now. Arian Kamesi uh, posted something recently. Yeah, about he has 16000 12000 would be 28000 So not man. 40, You're the a, a little over thirty. Because I think it's like 5000 for maybe winning Virginia Pro. So a little over thirty. Yeah, he could win 30000 for the year. Plausibly, yeah. This is on you. I don't know math um, or reading. Yeah, it's a, or a little over thirty, which is good because yeah. again, the pro series is not just one payout and one meet. It's a it's a series, and arguably Ashton could win thirty thousand dollars this year. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and uh, like when I saw the payouts, I'm like, these these are solid. I didn't expect really anything more than that, and I didn't expect anything less. Um, I guess having the inside knowledge prior, you know, ruins that. But I think most people are happy with the payouts. Um, it does seem to be it's it's heavily favored towards raw, which I do like to see. Again, nothing against single ply lifting, but no one's competing in single ply lifting for there to be an actual equal payout. So, like that's the discrepancies you see, and I'm I'm like, yeah, it, it should be far less than raw, and I still think they played it relatively uh, fair with giving single ply uh, the payout as well along with the pro series, but I, um, it's kind of crazy to see because we were talking about two or three years ago that you wouldn't just, you would not, you getting a lot of money doing USAPL raw meets or single ply meets for that matter was non-existent. You would win potentially the grand prix, the Arnold pro meets, and that would be the money for you for that year, which would be like $2,000. Yeah. Like, like, it was unheard of. Now, they are consistently giving out, again, not life-changing money, but they are having a really, really big prize pool, but just distributing it amongst a lot of lifters. So, a lot more lifters are just getting paid now, which is good. It's good to see, and actually, it's... It, not everything has to be this crazy competition. I mean, Sheffield's going to give out a, a lot of money. The lifters are going to walk away with a bag on that one. But the fact that it's being spread evenly, the fact that I'm getting money is cool. Like, I've, I have $1,000 in my pocket this year, and I'm not the best lifter in the USAPL. I'm a good lifter, but not the best lifter. People are getting paid for being good at powerlifting. This is, we want, we want the money to trickle down slower and slower to um, some of those other lifters who are very good. They're just not the best, and that was the only people who would get paid. And speaking of trickle down, Hopefully, with the people on the uh, the grand finale or the finals expanding to 10, that's the big news there is expanding to 10 people. It was originally supposed to be five, correct? Yes. So that that's honestly the bigger news because I think the payouts are pretty much what we thought. The bigger news is that they're going from five spots to 10 spots each for men and women, which I think is huge. Mm -hmm. That also implies that more than likely, the finale is going to be in the C-pod then which then means we can handle the production. The live stream can be under USASPL control. I think the VAT, while the Grand Prix stage is cool, I think the vast majority of lifters prefer to be in C-Pod. And I think the Grand Prix stage works better for single lift meets like bench press or deadlift. I think that's perfect yeah. for like Grand Prix st like stage is single lifts. Full power meets are not a great, or do not perform great in the sense of like how it's set up on that stage. So it's going to be in CPOT. And then the hope is, we'll have to see. It hasn't been announced. Um, there hasn't been an answer yet. The hope, I would, because we are going to have some people leaving the Power Thing America. We are going to have some people maybe turn down spots. Like, I, I don't, from what I know, like, I don't believe Russ has interest in doing the Arnold. I he don't should. Think that's, he should do the Arnold. He should do it. He, yeah, he I would love for him to do it. I just, should, from my knowledge, yeah, I, he I don't think he plans to, but to do it. definitely and, should. Um, there, there's going to be some of those 10 that turn it down. The hope is, I hope it trickles down. Yeah. Um, so that like, because we want a full meet. If there's only like, cause here's an issue. I'm going to tell you, it's probably going to happen on the equip side. Just like last year, it's, even though 
right now there's only 11 men and 11 women on the equipped side that could viably actually qualify in any manner to be in the finale. Like last year, there was more that could have been in the Grand Prix and they didn't accept. And there was only six men and two women. It doesn't look very good when that happens. No, that, it that's doesn't. not a very appealing meet. Me, you you want to have it's a, a full meet of 10 lifters on each side. And that makes it a very appealing meet to watch, regardless if like 10th place can beat first place or not. It just looks better when it's a full meet. It's inter- it's more entertaining. And also, yeah, you have to you have a larger pool of competitors that you have to beat. I mean, we've all heard of participation medals, right? Well, how about a participation check? That's essentially what was given out last year at the Grand Prix. If you're an equipped lifter, some of you had to show up and you got money for it. That's not good for that's not good for you. That's not good for single ply lifting. That's not good for equipped lifting. It may, it makes things seem illegitimate. So It's pretty close. I mean, even Raw 2 is pretty close, too. They pay out top three, correct? Yeah. Did they pay out top five? Top three. Well, this, oh, wait, this year okay. or last year? This year. The 2022, uh, top, top the one five. you just did. Did they pay out top Oh, no. Oh, oh. Okay. So, so this year, so this year was Yeah, top yeah, they three. did. They top paid three. out top five. Top three. No, top three. No, they paid out. They, so they, they paid out five. Oh, wait. Okay. Yeah, I'm positive now. Well, yeah, because uh, so, it was five. Yeah, so fifth got like 500 bucks. Yeah. So, you could say for Raw 2, participation money. Ten yeah. people in that but means those... you have to earn your spot. Yeah. Ki- all right. Kind of. But it was more because there was... I would have liked to see them... Like, with the Grand Prix last year, it was just a weird thing, I think, with the scheduling of it. But still, at least... Even if you um, brought in the competition to the American Pro... You have way more raw lifters competing within that weekend. Yeah, that's very true. Like They're there basically was in that so, so yes, that's true. Few equip lifters at, during the Arnold uh, weekend. It was just so little of them. Um, I do. I mean, I, last year I was like, I, I think it should be opened up the entire weekend. If you get top five the entire weekend, then that's what the pay should be um, distributed, or that's how you should, like for for pros for the amateur. Even though there were some guys who had higher, way higher dots in the fifth place and even the fourth place too, the the separation between pro and amateur is good. But we just had more lifters there. Yeah, I get that. I get that. Either way, it it, it just looks better if we had ten people in the finale, regardless if it trickles down a bit. It's just it's just a better showing. And, and you're gonna get ten really good lifters too. That's that's also the, just because they're not going to the meet doesn't mean they're not good lifters. They're or they're they're not currently in the top ten doesn't mean they're not good. I mean, it's a Shark Tank still. I mean, in the USAPL, getting in the top five. I mean, I was bounced from the top five. Like this actually gives me an opportunity to compete. The Virginia Pro would be the last chance to get in for a lot of people, correct? Yeah, and that's another thing. This makes in the future. I don't know if it's going to change anything this year because I think the Virginia Pro might be cut off in the future. It's going to make it a lot bigger deal to do all these pro meets yeah. if the top ten can get in because with top five. It pretty much is set once nationals is done, because if you, if you don't get in the top five to seven at nationals, there's no way you're going to make the finale. The top ten makes it so that if you do well at one of these pro meets, you can you can very well get into the top ten and get in your way of finale, even if your nationals points aren't very high. Yeah, yeah. I mean, going into nationals, I don't think I had any chance to get into the top five. So just the and then like broadening it to top ten, you can get a lot of lifters in on the bubble. And that will make for a much better national meet. And also these pro meets, too. Um, the Virginia Pro, again, was at a weird calendar time because of the Pro Series being introduced. It was a thing to kick off the Pro Series. And if it's going to be like, it's like you, you, you could do the Virginia Pro twice to qualify for the same finale. That would be just weird. Like, it, it wouldn't make a whole lot of sense. But it's a, it's a strange calendar. Uh or is a strange timing for the Virginia yeah. Pro? Next year will make a lot more sense when there's only three meets as of Hopefully. now. With the Arnold Nationals and Virginia Pro, that'll make a lot more sense, as well as the, the layout of everything with Arnold and March and National September and whatnot. So, yeah. Um, and you kind of alluded to. You kind of alluded to uh, these graphics for the the Arnold are super nice. Yeah, well, I was about to say like we we made the suggestion with um, three meet three pro meets a year, and you know 
hopefully listen to that, but it seems like the message is heard loud and clear on the USAPL needs to step up their social media game. And right now they have some top tier graphics that we're seeing and just a better promotion of the sport. Something that looks a lot better, in my opinion, looks better than Powerlifting America. Now Powerlifting America has got to step their game out because I don't think you can get away with just posting reels anymore. These are nicely edited videos that look something out of a movie. I agree. I very much agree. Media wars. Um, and you can tell by, so I was looking a couple months back. I'll just scroll through it. Let's, let's do this real quick. Uh, 860, 384, 626, 434, 352, 699. That was six random posts from July. Now let's look at the last two weeks. 3,327, 2,249, 2,880, 2,498. 2,491, 2,743. Yeah. If, 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 uh, if anyone wants to argue that the, it's not just pretty graphics, it, it, it actually is working. Like the engagement here is so far up now. Uh, we, they, they did hire a new social media person. They do have someone who's still on staff though. I guess is posting. They decided to post someone who bombed out of a meet. So they, they need to get that person to stop posting and just this new person only post. Oh, um, I gotta put the I gotta put the cough button on. I, I, every I even though I've seen it like six times, every time someone mentions it, it makes me laugh really hard. Posting yeah, someone it, but, who bombed out of a meet is well, it, so mean. Well, the person is the one that directed this meet, so they're trying to promote their own meet. But they should probably like maybe pay attention to the caption. I mean, I don't want to. I'm not uh, saying this this girl's name because. But I mean, I can't embarrass well, her any yeah, more than the no, fact right? that USAPL no. Go just on the posted USAPL her bomb page. out. It's public. Caption. I, you can't. I don't know the name of the girl, but I mean, I, I still don't know who it is. But it was so. Was, I'm like, huh? All right. Because granted, you're watching this, it. Same I'm guy. There. He's been in charge of their social media forever. He's been terrible. He needs to get kicked <laughs> off after posting the bomb out one. That's that's the official retirement post. Hey, athlete spotlight. <laughs> athlete spotlight. We got Celine Crum. We got Brandon Petrie. We got this person who bombed out. We have Bob Matthews. We have Akinuska. <laughs> we have some. We have some guy. Uh, yeah, this, yeah, the pepper in there. The person who bombed out of meat. That is such a. Yeah, that was bizarre. I mean, that was yeah. That was sent to me. I think five times throughout the day. Like, did the USAPL just post someone bombing out? I'm like, uh, good golly, they did. Good golly, you're right. Can't believe it. Because yeah, if 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 they didn't know, one of the reasons Powerlifting America's page looks so good because it's one singular person handling the marketing message. Uh, it doesn't look good when you have two rank, two people just posting what they want. Well, uh, it's very they, obvious. They did that uh, in the past. The, the new person is doing a great job because his posts get two to three thousand well, likes. Well, they did that in the past too. I remember when they were starting to get a little bit more savvy with social media. You would see a post with an iPhone, and then a post with an Android. And the post with the Android was always like the Android, like like or the well the Android text, but it was kind of awkward. The reposts were always off centered. It didn't have that good visual appeal to it. And then with posts with the iPhone, it's like, oh, that seems like someone who knows what they're doing has the has the social media account right now. It's like, but why are we getting like two random Android posts a day? You, you got to have one. Per, you got to be consistent with these things. <laughs> it's like a two white lights all of a sudden got king of the lifts to make a post. So, but either way, uh, well, I don't want to say that. I, I don't know how public it should be. We we know who the new social media person is. It's the same person who is making all the really cool graphics leading the nationals that were awesome. Yeah. This person is obviously doing a great job as we see. And so I'm just, I'm super happy and I hope to see that kept up. And I hope to see that person consistently posting um, as the main contributor. Hey, I got to also, I just want to ask you this. Uh, USAPL, we didn't really announce it. It's going to be in Memphis, Tennessee. Um, yep. I was expecting more negative comments, but it was more positive, which is good. I like when I saw oh. it, when I saw it posted, I'm like, I actually fucking love Memphis. It's not Nat. It's not Nashville. It's not the same place. I love Memphis when I was there. Apparently, you know, it's could be a little bit of a rough city depending on where you go. But I was like, ah, oh, shit, they're going to announce it in Memphis. People are going to complain. Why is it not Miami? Why is it not Nashville? And like those those like things always frustrate me. It's like, you guys think it's that easy, huh? 
just get a week-long meet in Miami or Nashville, Tennessee. They don't have shit going on. Their city's starving for money. So they need to have a week-long powerlifting meet at one of their hotels or convention centers. Like, like the disconnect from the USA. But, I mean, I saw it was relatively positive. Yeah, somebody, which, I yeah, again, I, I'm not, I love Memphis, Tennessee. That's like my kind of city. I'm not saying this. I'm not saying this for Memphis, nor that this has ever happened for USAPL. But I know at least in some aspects of powerlifting, like I've heard of events like being held places because the tourism district of that city was giving significant discounts because they needed to be able to find influxes. So, like Miami doesn't need a huge influx, no. so they're probably not giving super big discounts. There's there's a money aspect but, here of like, do we want an amazing high production meet? Or do we want to go to Miami and have to put more money into paying for a convention center because Miami is just that more expensive? Yeah, I think Memphis. I'm biased. I love Memphis because it's a four and a half hour drive for me. That's super easy. Nice. I can actually drive this time. Nice. I like Memphis because I like blues music. I like Elvis Presley. And when I went there in the fifth grade, I'm like, this is just a really a Beale Street is. It's like my it's real good country food, good grilling. Had the best shrimp of my life over there. It was, I just, it's a cool, it's a, it's, it, there's outdoor music, outdoor blues music. I like it. Um, I we got Arlington, Texas is for collegiate nationals. Same thing. I, I, you really can't, I mean, I actually don't know much about Arlington, but it's in Texas. Anything in Texas, I'm a fan of, especially for the sport of powerlifting. That makes, I mean, collegiate powerlifting is like kind of stationed in Texas. You have the, I think, some of the biggest teams in that state, so I think making it more convenient for them is good. The high school nationals in Myrtle Beach, that's solid. So the venue, like the the places, the destinations that they're going to are solid. And then we're coming off of Vegas too, which Vegas is a little bit different because they have hotels up the ass in Vegas, so you can really you can have you can have a week long meet in Vegas. Um, I think people uh, might have overestimated Vegas though. Because they thought they would have just a bunch of time to do Vegas shit, and they didn't. And they, they like didn't yeah. realize the cost of everything over in Vegas, which is fine. I mean, I knew it. I'm like, I'm going in knowing I'm going to lose too much money. But yeah, I I've been I wasn't a huge fan of Vegas because you couldn't vacation, but you had to pay an enormous amount of money well, to be there for the meet. Well, it at was the same really time, expensive. Well, at the same time, I think uh, I think the athletes, like the, the regular person who does nationals, can vacation. I think coaches and other people who have to work, they could have vacation. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, for sure. Yep. So, like, it could have been actually, uh, yeah, I guess I'm speaking a little bit biased here to, towards the people I know who are, you know, coaches and other athletes who are high level athletes and coaches who are just completely slammed the entire week. Um, and then are myself included with two white lights doing the commentary. Uh, yeah. Well, I could tell you right now. Obsidian ammonia smelling salts can be slammed with orders because if they sell that bench range emotion, uh, well, what's the, what's the, what's the instrument called? Did they, the, the ruler, the ruler? I mean, I, they'll have, they'll have another endorsement with the IPF. The IPF will endorse obsidian ammonia smelling salts, which they already should because they have the best smelling salts in the game. Boys and girls, Steve has lost all of his nose hair because of obsidian ammonia smelling salts, and I think it's helped his lips. He's looking a little bit more jacked. I don't know how those one red maxes. Well, are thank you. You're welcome. And obsidian ammonia smelling salts will get you to that next level you need in training. Sometimes just having a hard day. Sometimes you need a little bit of a pick me up. Obsidian ammonia will wake your ass up. I'm starting the school year. I'm gonna keep obsidian smelling salts in my car because today was my first day. And I needed them. And I didn't have them. I had to keep them in my backpack or something. Hopefully the students don't find it. That might be a problem. Accidentally smelling this stuff in the class. And I just, I just rock kids' heads right off the desk. I actually could do that. That's another endorsement. When a kid's sleeping in class, slowly bring the obsidian ammonia smelling salt to their nose and watch them back, pick their head right back up. Go to HypeDust.com. Use promo code 2WL15 to get yourself some obsidian ammonia smelling salts. They range in strength. They have a really good chart online that you guys can read. Um, your favorite is the inhaler. My favorite's a nose bleach. 
Really, I, I think uh, really all strains are a favorite of mine. You know, when you get the stronger one too, the ones that are spicier, still a welcome thing because you're just not expecting it. So use that promo code. Two W fifteen. Yeah, we'll break those out once the video's done and it's time for the extracurricular activities after date night. We break out the ammonia to get a little uh, extra spice in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yep. Who needs a blue pill when you got obsidian ammonia smelling salts? <laughs> All right. And also coming this weekend is something I've been looking forward to for a while. Uh, Power Fest down in San Jose, California, hosted by Warcat Strength. Um. I've been to two Warcat meets, and they were amazing. Voted best atmosphere by us. I mean, really me, because I was the only one there. Uh, last year, they did a fa- they do a fantastic job with their meets. They have an in- incredible environment, a credible community in San Jose. And I'm happy to announce that finally, Two I Lights is going to have a merchandise booth in San Jose, California at PowerFest. Yes, sir. We are. Ooh. Oh, he's broken and out tonight. The, and the launch of <laughs> Steve After Dark is official. See, the After Dark voice it just doesn't it doesn't work as good without the uh, that that in person mic. But we can still get the ball rolling. You can see what you've got there. But all I know is that if you're a Power Fest and you see that Steve After Dark shirt, buy a double XL because you'll want to wear that as part of your lingerie for those extra night activities. Just slowly take that off. Your girl will go wild. That was the best uh, ad read we've ever done on two white lights. I, I mean, I'm not going to have an erection for a long time, but it is a fantastic, uh, fantastic opportunity uh, to be there. Um, yeah. We're going to have the two white. So we have the Steve after dark shirt, um, two white lights, vice city shirt. We're going to post them all on Instagram and be on the lookout for more drops as well from Two White Lights, something we've been wanting to do for a while. And it's going to happen. And I'm excited. Also, yeah, you'll, have all, stuff, you'll have all this stuff at PowerFest, but yeah, we're gonna, that should be available to everyone soon enough. Mm-hmm. Oh, expect a lot of drops pretty much every month. We got something cooked up every single month. But, um, but by the way, I just, it, I mean, not everyone could go to this, obviously. But this is going to be a really good event for powerlifting because this is a powerlifting expo. So the people who work at have, I thought it was a fantastic idea when they told me last year. But, you know, the Arnold Expo is a fitness expo. You see a lot of different things. You see a lot of products being sold. This is a powerlifting expo. You're going to see name brand powerlifting gyms, the brands, under one roof and also a fantastic power lifting meet to go along with it. Cause if it's Warcat, I know that they're going to throw a fantastic meet. Yeah, I'm trying to get all the people here. So we got Barbell Group Brigade, uh, Game Day Barbells coming out, obviously two white lights, Notorious Lift, One Hunt, Village Hidden and Iron, Renaissance Periodization, uh, 110%, SoCal Powerlifting, Lean Feast. Grossman Chiropractic, Nightmare Muscle, Caffeine and Kilos, and there's one more there I can't completely read. So, um, But, yeah, a lot of people coming out. Obviously, you're commentating. I think Kevin – is Kevin Papa doing MC stuff or someone else doing I, it? Or, oh, we got Ryan – Oh, Ryan, we got a lot. Ryan Baumwan – I can't say the name. Your friend Ryan, he's the Vibe Specialist MC. Oh, wait. The Vibes? I thought that was Averill. Is April doing it too? I thought he would, but well, it's I saw because they got, a, they got like a ton of DJs coming. We got big, like dude, DJs, we got, we they got, got big, MCs, big bodies competing, big bodies competing. Yeah, that that right there alone is pretty big. Yeah, that's worth a prime. That's worth a prime time session. Okay, vibes. <laughs> uh, yeah, April is MC as well. He's also a vibe specialist. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Going to go on record. I don't know what that means. What's a vibe specialist? I don't know. Cal- Can't wait to find California out. California thing. Yeah. Oh, so it's going to, all right. Probably just some THC. Yeah. It's going to be, it's going to be a fantastic weekend. Uh, Make sure you guys are tuning into the live stream on that and make sure um, if you are there and you're a fan of two white lights, show that you're a fan of two white lights and get some of our merch. We are again, really excited to have um, a booth. Finally, I'm actually nervous about it because I've never had my own booth at a place. I've only worked them, so it's going to be fun to actually have one. Um, I'll be commentating and working the booth. Uh, my lovely girlfriend will be there all day selling, so make life easier for her and just buy everything. That'll make everything easy at once. Just buy everything at once. 
bombard her. Ask her for pictures too. Oh, damn it! That should be. What the, should I? That should be. What the should I do? Hunt. If someone buys all four shirts, what do I, what do I do then? What's I, my giveaway? Dude, I have no idea. <laughs> it's got to be you. I don't know. You give them. Do you have something? You uh, give if them? you if you buy all four shirts, I'll give you a technique breakdown on all three lifts. You send me a video of each lift. I'll give you feedback on all of them. It, oh, you have to all, send me a picture. You have. <laughs> But actually, well, Angela will know, or Elise, tell me who bought all four shirts. If you bought all four shirts, the first person who does that, um, I will, uh, yeah, well, I'll give you a full, I'll give you a technique breakdown on all three lists. Well, if you take a picture and post it on Instagram under a unique hashtag too, right? Yeah, do that. Yeah, post a, What's a post uh After dark. Ha hashtag after dark. Yes. Steve after dark. Hashtag What's, Steve after dark. It's a lot. Bought all three shirts, all four shirts. <laughs> So hashtag okay, we got to make sure we got this hashtag Steve after dark, and then you have all four shirts. Boom. Okay. Giveaways. We had to probably announce that again because that was a really hard thing to keep track of. Well, that's part of the puzzle. Is you have you had to listen. Yeah. Listen very intently. Yeah, yeah listen really carefully because I stumbled over my words quite a bit. It's been a long day. It's been a long day, but hell, we got a nice. We got one of those hour specials. Who says we couldn't last yeah, long? Yeah, this is perfect. Steve, you said I couldn't last long. Who's who's laughing now? I, I mean, with the way <laughs> I look sometimes, I don't know how you last more. I mean, the hour is impressive. It is. It's actually impressive. That's, I, that's I even dressed. I did my hair today for you, too. So an yeah. hour is extremely impressive. Yeah, let's be real here. If it's an hour long, you're doing something wrong. <laughs> right? It should never last that long. That's craziness. Well, on that note, that's actually a really good way to end the show. Um, we'll see you guys next week. Episode to be determined. But we got a lot of... also. Uh, actually, I got to throw this at you right now, Steve. I think we got to do a Junior Worlds preview show. It's looking good right now. Yeah, we can. When is it? It's in August. Late August. So we got to get on that pretty quick. So I guess we got to fire up the Excel sheets... Get Solana. Hell, should we get another person? Uh, no. Yeah. Wait, is Late it not August? August 27th through September 4th. Okay. Jesus Christ. Okay. Well, that makes sense because they probably have to combine equip too, right? Yeah, it's both. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe fire up the Excel sheet. Maybe a little bit. Maybe what we did for Collegiate Nationals where it's a little bit more brief. We talk about specific weight classes. Um, maybe we should call on our technical winner. Of the Dynasty Draft, Steve Singleton, on for that preview as well. He's kind of a junior expert. He's not bad. He's not bad. Is there someone else? I'm trying to look here. I look like no, I'm oh. just trying to look. Like you if, if we can actually you, do a preview show. You don't seem too in, I, I, in, enthralled by Steve. No. <laughs> Fuck you, Steve. By Mr. Singleton. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, because he cheated the system. He did. That was bullshit. Solana I probably would have done. done the same, though. But he would have got second. I would have done the same. No, I, I mean, I'm looking at it. I just don't know how much we can do a preview show, though, because I'm, I'm just going to be honest. Like, if you look at this, too, I know the American lifters on here. I don't really know too many. I mean, I know Quarantine Clement. Gosh. Uh, I know Nick Manders. <laughs> uh, All right, well. Nicholas Perude. I, I don't know. We can see. We can talk about it. Maybe this, a, this would be tough. Maybe I, honestly, I don't maybe, know enough of these lifters. Maybe a thirty-minute to, to truly give a good preview. Let's try to let's try to let's try to do with a potential under-hour special on junior on junior worlds. I mean, we can really, do that. We okay. can just highlight the main really, lifters. Really, we, there's, all we there's definitely talk main about, lifters to talk about. Like women's side, you got Jai Jacob, you got Samantha Eugenie, uh, Clara Perud, uh, Agato's doing it. Uh, you got Mahela Reeves um, going over from the U.S. Uh, uh, we can do, we can well, just kind of cover no, some individual right. lifters, I think. Steve, let's be real here. Let's just talk about Sean Jin talking shit. Yeah, that's it. Let's too. do that. Let's just, just make the whole episode about Sean Jin and all the shit he's talked. We, we need ratings, right? Let's just let's just get the let's just get the ratings going. Fuck it, let's have Sean Jin in that. on the preview. <laughs> Five person preview. That probably Royal Rumble. It's so funny. It's so He'd funny. Probably... Uh, I, this is the longest end to a show in history, but it's so funny talking to Sean Jin in person and him being the most mild-mannered guy. 
Um, I saw, I met him for the first time after Powerlifting American Nationals. I could not foresee the day where he turned into Powerlifting's shit-talking lightning rod. How did that happen? Like, cause you, you, I don't think you I ever don't... talked to him. What do you say? Did you ever talk to him in person? No, not in person. Just, you know, just kind of a chill, mellowed out dude. And I didn't think that in eight weeks time, he would be powerlifting's biggest shit talker and pissing off Russ, Alex Sidor. Uh, I think that's it. <laughs> those two pretty much. Maybe some other uh, Alex Sidor fans, Russ or he fans, those that qualifies as multiple people. See the Alex, the Alex was actual crap talking. I didn't think the Russ thing was crap talking. Like he wasn't, it was he wasn't, he was so, just giving a, he it, was giving the same opinions we give on two white lights. It's it, just that for some reason well, it just lit. I mean, just, it just, Russ just want Russ really, it, it was perfect timing. Cause it seemed like he, he really needed something to kind of like fuel his workout. Well, um, it was funny. It was funny too. Cause that post was all over the place from Nor uh, from Sean. I'm like, who is being even mentioned? Because he mentioned, like, I think it was more insulting to Delaney than anyone. I think that post is more insulting to Delaney than Russ, and Russ reposted it. At first, I'm like, all right, I guess Russ thinks maybe I'm talking shit right now because he took my story post and then put it on his story. I'm like, all right, whatever. I guess I have to bear this burden for over a year. Uh, but yeah, it was he, – he called out in that post – pure moose meat more than anyone that fucking well because that that dude's that, that dude's clinically insane yeah, that fucking, so you don't have to call him out that, he does it himself that goddamn whack job over there that was well he did he he, he called him out on that post that <laughs> that is a great that is like a hall of fame social media post right you call out you, you mentioned like six different lifters pure moose meat a guy who just lives in the fucking comment section of being an unhinged, insane person. And Russ or he reposts it, fueling his workouts, and then you have all the Russ fanboys getting in on the uh, in on the smoke. Like, that's... If Sean Jin doesn't win Worlds, he's in the social media... The powerlifting social media Hall of Fame already. I agree. He's up there. He's, he's, he's setting his mark as an as up-and-coming junior uh, instigator. Yeah. But and we need I'm still looking at this. I see a couple I see a couple of storylines here. You we, got I think the big ones will be the 83s between this guy from Great Britain, Nathan, Sean Jen, Nick Manders, oh yeah. Alex Sidor. Uh the 105s is cool. You got Quarantine Clement and Anthony McNaughton. 120s, you got Nicholas Perud and I'm not gonna say it wrong, Yeha Abolnaga, the Pharaoh lifter. I don't. I, I'm just going to call him Pharaoh because that's way easier. I don't know. We could. We could do. I don't think we could do a, a weight class by weight class one, but I think we could kind of highlight some of the key matchups and have some fun. Mainly highlighting U.S. lifters because, like, I mean, that's, that's we, we kind of re, we do that Americans, right? I mean, that's kind of what we care about. Yeah, we're American. I mean, if you get, if you call it American exceptionalism, then uh, you're right because we're you're exceptional. Correct. We are exceptional at things. Um, oh, well, actually, and also Italy. IPF can suck it after not mentioning one Italian in that post because the Italian female team on the junior side is pretty damn solid, and so is the men's, and they didn't bring them up once. They talked about every country besides Italy, and that comment section was what that country needed after Italy didn't qualify for the World Cup. They were all in that comment section. It was fantastic to see all the Italian flags and them just ripping the IPF. Hey, Italians, come to the USAPL, USAPL Italy. All right, well, longest ending to a show history that took about 10 minutes. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.